Welcome to John Wayne Lied to You, the storytelling podcast featuring me, your long time, good time, first time, one time, John Wayne. That's right. Here I am. I am, of course, in the neon palace of sin in beautifully fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, where I reside. I am coming to you from here, Uh, but I'm about to hit the road for a little while. More on that later, of course. I am sitting here. I already have drank all of my coffee today, a full pot, just like a good boy does. So I'm just drinking a nice big glass of water right now in my little water cup that I always have with me. But don't you worry, because I'm freshly back from Oasis, my local dispensary here in uh, downtown Las Vegas, where I get all of my marijuana purchases, and um, I've just picked up a couple of lovely strains, one of which I have loaded into my bubbler and I'm smoking right now. I am smoking presently Gelati by, uh, this is uh, Stizzy, one of my favorite brands, of course, I've sung the Stizzy praises before, and... um, this is a beautiful, uh, beautiful strain sitting at about 24% THC, and it is tasting and smelling good. Here we go. Mm. Beautiful. Tremendous. That is tremendous. So, <coughs> thank you for joining me again this week, everybody. <coughs> oh, man, here we go. Of course, it's been, uh, you know, another busy, busy week uh, in the John Wayne world, as you know. Um, first of all, before I get into that in, a, in any kind of capacity, I want to give a huge shout out to my Patreon supporters. Thank you so, so much for being a part of my Patreon and throwing me some extra support. I appreciate it so much, more than you know. Um, if you'd like to check it out, please go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Dead, or you go to johnwayneisdead.com and hit that Patreon link. It's going to take you right there. You can choose which of the tiers you would like to join, but every single tier gets access to the Awesome Dude for Life Boner Bonus Podcast, uh, which is a show where I speak to artists from around the world of all different kinds of disciplines, and we chat about their uh, life, their adventures, and we have great conversations as I've said many times, one of my all-time favorite things to do, have uh, have talks with other artists and, and get to, to put it out there for you to listen to. I appreciate uh, just the experience, and I appreciate you guys uh, checking it out. So that is something uh, that you everybody gets no matter what you subscribe to on my Patreon, and as well as everything I put on the uh, wall. So uh, that includes videos of readings and uh, musical performances. Uh, while I'm out there on the road, I put up there. I, I'll do videos of practice or rehearsals and things like that. Little extra goodies. And this week, uh, let's just put it right on out there, right up top. This week, I am putting on there for my Patreon people a new song from the John Wayne is Dead album, the new one called Who Hurt You. Uh, I'm going to put out uh, a new song from the record. Uh, it is called Worth It. It's gotten a good response, very good from everyone that's that's listened to it. And um, that will be on Patreon this week. So if you want to check out new John Wayne is Dead music, this is fully, this is the mastered final uh, version and it is awesome. Of course, if you've been listening along the last few weeks, we talked with our producer, had him on here, had him on the awesome dude for life show, Mars Hall. Shouts out to him, major shouts out, and uh, kudos 
on what a great job he did uh, on the album. Um, so that will be up there this week, guys. And if you are you know, a subscriber or you want to sign up, there's going to be more music leaked. We're going to have videos. We're going to have behind-the-scenes footage, all kinds of stuff. Um that that's going to be up, be going up there exclusively on Patreon. So please check it out. Uh, Patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead or just John Wayne is dead dot com. Hit that Patreon link. So this week, wow, it's been a crazy week here in uh, the old LV. Uh, as you know, a lot, most of you know, the big game was in town this weekend, the Super Bowl. Uh, but no one can say Super Bowl because it is trademarked and, and all that good stuff. But um Yes, it was here in uh, Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Some people like sports and don't. I do like sports. Um, I don't know a whole lot as far as like stats and things like that or players, but I do like to watch sports. I do like football. I do like baseball. Um, so I was excited for the game. I didn't really have a dog in the fight. Uh, I don't gamble and I'm not like I don't really care about either of those teams, but uh, the Chiefs did win. So that's fine for them. Good. The uh, But so. I was talking to uh, the lovely Scarlett about this before uh, the game. You know, it. it I, living in Houston, H Town, Dirty Third, Third Coast, shouts out. I was. Uh, I lived there for two Super Bowls. I lived through two. Like I'm a vet of a war or something. I lived through two Super Bowls. Um, and uh, but Houston is so big, right? Like Houston is so sprawling. We've talked about that before. It's just. It's just big, and it's in the down. You know, downtown Houston at the stadium. Uh, they had it. But you could still be like living in Houston and not be super affected by this the 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 Super Bowl like pageantry. The they have the Super Bowl land or whatever they call it, and you go and you know play Super Bowl games or football NFL stuff and and all this. They they build like a Super Bowl village. That's what it's called. They have a whole thing with it's like a carnival for the Super Bowl. Um, but you know everything as far as that kind of stuff. When I was in Houston through both of those Super Bowls, I mean you. You could have said, like, the Super Bowl was in town, and I'd been like, all right. You know, it, w- it didn't really change my day-to-day, or even in that, you know, the weekend of, it didn't really change anything for me. I know, of course, other people closer to the stadium and downtown were affected, yes, yes. But here, of course, in living, like, in downtown, you know, the the city, like, <clears throat> you know, this is Las Vegas, so thousands of people are coming in and out of town every weekend anyway. This weekend, like, there was so many people in town, like, they were posting, like, Las Vegas has reached capacity for people. Uh, <clears throat> if you were if you were going to the Strip uh, over the weekend, good. I don't know why you would thought that was a good idea. They were just showing pictures of just standstill traffic for hours on the Strip, just, just sitting there, um, nightmarish. Uh, like just so many people in town for the for the Super Bowl and for all the the stuff that goes along with it. Um, so it's hard to live in a place like this and be that you know where every like the stadium's right there on the strip. I mean it's it's on the other side of the freeway on the strip. It's right fucking there. So you cannot get away from if you you know are living here. It's everything is affected from you know all service industry of course all hospitality you know every hotel motel i'm sure was packed 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 out to you know full you know you've got just all kinds of shit going on and it and it uh it was a lot um <clears throat> so we fortunately even though i did drive past the stadium twice on saturday and twice on sunday on super bowl sunday i managed to to make it by unscathed as far as getting stuck in any 
traffic snarls or or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a uh, you know a big big good time it seemed. And uh, of course, if you watched the Super Bowl, uh, Usher was this the Super Bowl halftime show, and they were bringing out all kinds of people. It was an I thought it was an awesome show. Um, you know, Usher has a residency here in Las Vegas. So at first, I was like, man, you know, they just this kind of cheating. They just moved his show like from the the hotel like over to the thing. But no, they they put on a pretty damn good show. They had like a lot of guests, and and it was a fun. Uh, I think it was representative of of Las Vegas for the the halftime show. Um, only thing I could have done better was just like burn the stadium down. Probably that would have been been a. Uh, you know, <clears throat> a, a bigger grand finale or whatever, but it was great. It was fun. Um, we of course went to our, our buddy Greg's Super Bowl party, which we go to every year, three years in a row so far. Pushy cat, uh, having a good time there. Um, you know, got to watch it on a, on a nice big big TV with lots of food and 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 drinks and uh, played some uh, at the end flip club flip flip club flip cup uh you know and i'm you know maybe i've said this before but i just don't i'm not into drinking games that much didn't really play them too much as a kid the one the ones i did play when i was younger were like maybe this is why i feel the way i do about drinking games because now that i'm now that i'm having these recovered memories you know we used to play this game called waterfalls and this is like see this is what a drinking game should be just relentless and you know just fucking you up like you know what do you think you you have no business playing this drinking game you thought you could drink but i forget how waterfalls worked or no man, waterfalls was the rule i think i guess it was presidents and assholes I, whatever dude all these things in my brain are, are whatever but maybe it was like if you hit got a certain hand it was waterfalls and that was when um basically everyone has to to drink like the guy that the guy that is like i guess the 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 one that loses or the the hand or whatever maybe the guy to the left of him starts to drink and everyone has to you know in the circle on the table drink starts to drink their drink and then when that first guy that started puts his his beer down then the next guy the guy next to him is then allowed to put his beer down if he wants he can continue to drink but now he can put it down but all the other people you can't put your drink down until the person next to you has put theirs down. So you could really, really screw the person over that, like lost the hand that's like last in line. You could just make them keep drinking. Because if you're just like, yeah, I can just slam this whole beer, you can make them slam their whole beer. See, then you're drinking, okay? That's a drinking game because there's a lot of drinking involved. Playing like Flip Cup, I just don't understand it. <clears throat> you, you sit there and you like, you, you have like a, a baby dick amount of beer in a cup not even like booze just beer like a little like a thimble of beer in the bottom of a solo cup and then you you what do you do you flip the oh you have to like slam the beer just drink what's in the beer and then put the cup on the edge of the thing and then it has to get one rotation and land on the the side whatever you know what and then and then you're just waiting and somebody always you know sucks at flipping the cup and you're getting mad at them you know like you can't fucking flip the cup come on and then it gets to you and you can't flip the cup all of a sudden so now it's like all you know back on you maybe that happened to me i'm not sure but uh yeah see that we played that and that's i guess that's fun for some people uh you know not me i i just i'd rather not play it i, I even was vehemently like i'm not playing i'm not playing they're like, we need one more, man. I was like, okay, I'll play, but I'm still just going to drink on the side so that I can keep drinking. You see, that's, that's, the drinking games should be like, the, they should last 
20 minutes tops and that's only because you just can't power drink like that you got you got to where you need to be the game served its purpose everyone got a quick buzz on now we can go about our day okay or or business or church service or whatever you're getting drunk for but uh <clears throat> yeah so we did that a little bit that was fun and and uh you know got home uh again i drove past the legion stadium right there um after the game was over and I think what, what, and I'm making it sound like I'm some super badass. No, it, what it is is all the the entrances and exits of the freeway around the stadium are getting close to, and you know those were all closed, so no one could get on or off right there anyway. Um, so that was great. So you could just cruise right on through. It was awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so Super Bowl week, big big times here in Vegas, of course. And uh, I was uh, you know here, but I I was actually out of town for for Saturday Saturday night. Um, I went, uh, shot out to Santa Ana, California with the lovely Scarlett and I to do the Witch's Brew Night Market, one of our favorites, uh, our friends, Jack, Jacqueline puts it on a great, a great show. Uh, got to see, of course, our, our good friends in Love Pollution, Love You, shouts out Daisy and Jacqueline, or, I mean Jacqueline, <sighs> Jacqueline is the one who runs it, Jasmine, I'm sorry, I love you Jasmine, you know that. Um, got to see them, got to see our homie Alex, you know, uh, Lily, all the, all the hits. Um, of course our vegan kitchen, witch Olivia, love you much. Uh, had an excellent cheese. I, I do not like, you know, okay. A lot of you listen, no, you know, Scarlett's a vegan, right? My girlfriend. Um, she, she loves when I tell people that, uh, psych. Um, uh, but no, uh, but we eat a lot of, you know, so we got a lot of vegan stuff in the house. I'm not a vegan, but I don't eat red meat. I don't eat a lot of fast food or, or sweet. And I try not, I try to eat pretty clean, but I'm not a vegan or, or a vegetarian. Out of all the vegan stuff I try, I'm also not a foodie. So you, it doesn't, the, the bar is not high for me as far as like, yeah, I'll eat this, whatever, you know, just as long as it's not, you know, red meat or, or anything like that. But like a, a vegan chicken nugget is like, okay, I'll eat this, put it in the air fryer. Yeah, it's fine. You know, put it in ketchup. I, I don't care. It's, it's fine. It really is. But cheese, vegan cheese, every, every vegan cheese thing I've tried has been like just pff, gross. I can't, I can't do it. It doesn't taste like cheese. It's, it's insulting to cheese everywhere. Um, it's a slap in the face to cheese, the cheese men, uh, all the cheese men of the world. It, it truly is. Um, but they're working on it. Um, so, you know, it gets, I guess it gets better all the time or worse. I'm not sure. But our friend Liv, make, she, she just makes vegan, awesome vegan food. I've talked about her on the podcast before. Uh, and she made grilled cheese sandwiches, and they were fucking amazing. Now, she had some other sauce on there that she made as well. And this is also not like, oh, uh, she went to the store and made something. This bitch is like growing shit in a garden and stuff outside and, and making the ingredients and doing it all. And it's, it's lovely. And, uh, and so always good to see her. But that was actually, you know, Scarlett and I split the cheese sandwich because I wasn't thrilled. I'm going to tell you that going in. I was like, she's making grilled cheese tonight. I don't want a fucking grilled cheese. I don't know. God damn it. But we got there and it was fucking good. So <clears throat> anyway, maybe they're, maybe they're making uh, m- large strides in this. So all in all, not a bad night, you know, um, I was a little low energy, not, you know, to be completely honest, uh, I was a little low energy. I, I wasn't, I was like, man, you know, I want to drive right back out, back out to California, drive right back home, you know, uh, but I'm of course glad I did, uh, you know, just get, get those weird anxieties sometimes. And plus like I'm, I'm gearing up to leave for, um, uh, several weeks here, uh, at the end of this week, uh, currently as at the time of this record. So I'm dealing with a little of that like anxiety as well of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of course 
excited and anxious to get on the road and do the shows and and see everyone but it's just been you know it's been harder leaving home uh lately for you know uh, i don't know whatever reason just uh you know the tra- traveling's a lot and it affects it affects you sometimes but you know <clears throat> you just got to roll with it change your your mindset perspective and and it'll be fine uh i know um I am really excited uh, to get out on this leg because there's going to be some some shows, some ju- some music shows, and all kinds of good stuff uh, that we'll talk about. But so the Witches Brew Market it was good. You know, we went out there. We left a little bit, or about half hour early. It was, you know, it was getting, it was winding down, and uh, I was like, ah, let's go. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm just ready to go. So we got in the car and uh, and made it home. And uh, I was, I, I didn't know what to expect. Was, again, with the Super Bowl stuff coming in from the California side, coming back into Nevada. You know, sometimes on the weekend that can be dicey at times because there's like a you know huge influx of people who are coming into Las Vegas from California and then leaving Las Vegas to go back to California uh, at all times during the weekend. You know, it's just a weird back and forth. So I was like, oh, are we going to get stuck in something? I know it's kind of late, but it is Super Bowl weekend. People are still coming into town. Is this going to be something? But no, it was totally fine. Um, and we got back and, uh, you know, Rested up and and uh, got a full night's rest uh, to go and partied up at Greg Pushy Cat's house for the Super Bowl, which we are very thankful, uh, grateful for him inviting us uh, over to that. So that was uh you know that was a big part of this week. Another uh, big part of the week. Another very uh, fun uh, announcement. Um, <clears throat> The John Wayne is dead, as we we talked about earlier uh, on on the Patreon this week. You can listen to a new song from the new record, and the first iteration of of physical media of the new record has been created and it has been delivered to my hot little hands. The John Wayne is dead record is on cassette tape, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, who hurt you? And it looks amazing. I got them in uh, last week on Friday. And they are uh, very cool. There's two colors. There's translucent hot pink and translucent uh, bright green, like fluorescent fluorescent pink and fluorescent green, basically. Um, so you can collect them all, uh, collect them both. And those will be officially released um, this next week in Houston. This- yeah, next you know, next week yeah, in Houston, Texas, uh, where I will be performing with Chris. Chris and I, uh, John Wayne is dead, performing at Acadia, one of our old haunts on the north side of Houston. Uh, we'll be releasing the tape and playing there. We're playing with our good friends in Downfall 2012 and The Lockdowns. And it is going to be a great time, so come on out uh, to that if you can, if you're in the area. It's the 22nd, which is a Thursday. So, uh, but it's an early show. I think the, we're done by 10.30 or 11 or maybe 10.45 is when our set ends and we're headlining. So it's early. You can still get home, get plenty of sleep, but come out and see us and you can pick up the tape. And then after that show, stay tuned for announcements on um, how, where where we'll be playing right after that in, in the next coming weeks and how you can get the tape if you want to get one um, and you won't be able to be at a show or a convention they will be available online and I will be making them available to you. So stay tuned for all of, uh, of that. Um, let's see. What else did I want to say? Oh, okay. Yeah. So very, like it's, it's also, you know, I, I know it's on tape, a cassette tape and people are like, what the what, what are you doing? It's, you know what? We're punk rock, whatever. It It's, it's still cool. I think I have a cassette player. I like to listen to my tapes. Um, 
it's just a, you know, it's just a fun thing. And I got to tell you, I got them in the mail and I just kept looking at them. I kept like open them, looking. I was listening to it. it. Sounds great. But I was just like, man, this is so fucking cool. It just turned out really cool. For me, it reminded me, you know, because I lived through the tape era, you know, when before CDs, when there was tapes. So I had a bunch of all my shit was on tape, you know. Uh, so it took me back a little bit that that way. But they just they just turned out so cool. They look really fucking cool. Um, and uh, I think that uh, they're going to go quick. So once once they're out there, if you want to get one, I, I suggest you grab them. Uh, you know, but again, again, more on that um, as it comes. So as far as what I've been working on a lot this this week is, uh, you know, I've talked about Gas Money Magazine 2, issue 2. If you're, you know, for those of you who know, Gas Money Magazine is a a little fun parody type magazine that I developed with, uh, of course, the great and powerful Nick P. Um, You know, just came out of us riffing on stupid stuff and stories and fake products that which I then drew uh, all the ads for uh, these fake products and stuff and, and took kind of took the ball and ran with that. And then we came up with these stories that I kind of like shaped and, and, and then ended up putting into the, you know, format that was going to work and put this magazine together. And it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and as soon as I did it, the first one, I was like, oh, I can't. I was chomping at the bit to get started on the second one. So um, I think I said last week I finished or maybe if I didn't, I officially have finished all the writing for issue two. Um, so the stories are done, the letters to the editor, all the, all the, the written stuff is done. All of the drawing um, is done in its initial stages, like uh, as far as the, you know, it's all been drawn on paper. Um, I've got, I think, four of the digital renderings under my belt at this point. So there's still a, a lot of work to go, but I'm, I'm diligently working on it and I will be knocking those out, uh, you know, sooner than later. And giving you know more you know updates, I'll be able to say better of when issue two will be available. But it's um I got man, it's just I'm having a lot of fun with this. You know, it it started as you know this kind of abstract idea where where we're going to do it, putting that together, and then the characters that you know uh, that are in all of the stories meet in Greece, um, which are traveling buddies traveling across the country with no real you don't really know what they're traveling for in the stories you know but maybe we'll find out but it's these continuing adventures that they keep kind of having sometimes they're not even they're they're not the main character in the story at all sometimes they're just mentioned sometimes it what happens in one story just ends up being you know what needs to happen you know you know important in the, their next story but taking those characters adding a few new ones and and really building this this kind of world with them in this in this second issue kind of digging my you know, teeth into it a little bit more and being like, okay, okay, now I know that this, I, I got a better grasp on this. I know how to do this better. Uh, I know how I want it to work. So let me just take it. And I, I really am having fun with the storylines. Um, a lot of this stuff is just really like yanked from the headlines, uh, just truly from real things that have happened to Nick P and I when, when we were traveling together for those couple of years. Uh, and I just kind of, of course, fictionalized it and, and, and you know, built it up in, into it but it's like all based on a lot of it's uh, based on a lot of real real stuff so having a lot of fun with that uh but another cool thing is um when i was in atlanta i met a, a guy named bobby who started his own magazine called signal magazine he gave me a copy of it 
And uh, I read read through it. It was great. He he read Gas Money and approached me about writing some stuff for his magazine. Um, so which we had a you know had a meeting, talked about it this week, and uh, I I have some stuff uh, that will be going in the next couple issues uh, at least. See how this goes. Um, but uh, it's going to be cool, and I'll of course give you more um, information. You know, like when the first issue comes out with my stuff in it, and then how you can get it. I'll have the links and I'll have all of that stuff. But check it out. Um, if you want to check it out now, issue one is out. It's uh, Signal Magazine, S-G-N-L Magazine. Uh, I believe that's the website as well, so you can check it out there. And uh, it's like rock and roll, horror, fiction, kind of interviews, mu- music. You know, it's like all of that kind of stuff. And the way, you know, Bobby explained it, his vision for it to me um, resonated with me, made a lot of sense. I was like, I- okay, I like I like your idea, I like where your head is at. Uh, I-, I will, uh, let me see what I can, you know, do with, with you as well. So, you know, hey, we'll see. Good things. Good things are coming. Start of good things. But, you know, that's what this is all about. You know, just letting you know what's going on. You know, who knows what, what could come of, of certain things. So you got to just uh, keep it going there. So I um, just finished an uh, uh, excellent book. And I can't, uh, you know, I probably say this a million times every episode. I'm like, I think, did I talk about this already or last week? I can't remember. I'm re- I, I just finished reading. Today I finished it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's the the movie. Now, it's not a novelization, whereas a novelization is like, a novelization is completely different. This is like, like, you know how usually the typical thing happens where there's a novel and then they do a screen treatment for it and write a screenplay and then it becomes a movie. And it's a little bit different than the book. Uh, sometimes it's wildly different from the book, but that's usually how these things start. The, the, the way to think about this is that, but opposite, like backwards. Like the movie came out and then Quentin Tarantino, who wrote the movie, directed the movie, all that, wrote the novel of, of it, which is, if I say, I, I mean, whatever my opinion means, I thought it was fucking amazing. I really did. And, you know, I, you don't have to watch have watched the movie at all to to get anything in it. It's very like easy to to follow. Easy, you know, you don't need to know anything going in basically. Uh, but if you've watched the movie, of course, I, I, a lot of people have watched that movie. It was wildly popular. Of course, Quentin Tarantino is very popular. Of course, so a lot of people have watched that movie, but you know, may have seen that there was a book and been like, "What the fuck is that?" It's so fucking cool because the way I was, I was just talking to, to Scarlett about this the other night because it just so captured my imagination. Where you wonder, you know how. Some some of these people like a, like a Quentin Tarantino or a Martin Scorsese are like how oh, these are just such great directors or you have these actors that are just always so good and always so on and just these professional like the the A plus names that you hear and you're like well what the fuck makes them so special all the time they're just pretty or or just no people yes maybe I don't know but this was like reading this book was like I was like oh this is why. Not that I was like, why is Quentin Tarantino so good? I'm a, I'm a Quentin fan. I love his movies. Uh, I am a fan. But you're like, this is one of the main reasons why he's so good. Because I, I guess like anything, you watch a scene and, you know, characters are in a movie and you don't know necessarily like that maybe they've sat and thought about their character a whole lot and really took like you know, this is, but my character would do this. And, and this is why my character has done this. Cause they kind of have got the backstory that maybe is not in the script per se, but you know, they're, they're adding these things to their, to their, what they think their character would be in order to make the performance more genuine or give them something to think about more, whatever it is. Like 
that is what's in this book. It's like almost everything that would be in the characters' minds in some of the scenes, like what they were thinking is is super laid out. There's all this better history of like explained of the people, you know, the characters' careers and, and things like that. And the Charlie Manson, Manson family thing is so downplayed. Like it's such a small part of the book that uh, it kind of makes you realize that it was such, it was a really small part of the movie as well. Um, you know, I think that was like the huge thing about that movie that came out of it where people were like, oh, it's a revision. It's like a revisionist history of the Manson murders. Like, yeah, I guess, you know, but even so, like this one is as well, like it doesn't follow the right history or whatever, but uh, it's, it doesn't matter. It's such a small part. It really doesn't matter. And I just, I thought it was super, super good. If, you know, if you liked the movie, if you like Quentin Tarantino's stuff, if you want to see like into the kind of get a look into maybe what was more in his mind as behind the screenplay writers of the characters of the character's history, he is the creator of the characters. So, I mean, you it gives you a great view into that and the story is really good and it's not, you know, all of his, a lot of his movies are known for being out of sequence or, you know, kind of laid out time-wise, um, not in, in a linear sense. Uh, this is not as well. This is definitely jumps around quite a bit, but like the end of the movie, I won't spoil the end of the movie if anyone has seen it, but the big thing that happens at the end of the movie version is like mentioned on basically half of a page in the first quarter of the book and and it's not even brought up again and you don't miss it and you don't need it that's how good the book that's how good this fucking book is i'm telling you so that's definitely recommend for me once upon a time in hollywood by quentin tarantino his the novel version that he wrote very very fucking good uh of course i've been jamming the new alkaline trio record uh blood hair and eyeballs Love it. Love them. Can't wait to go see them here on the 30th in Las Vegas. Uh, I think it's the 30th of March. It's the last day of the tour, so it's going to be great. I'm super, super stoked. Of course, I've just been playing that album. I got the the vinyl. I got the colored vinyl, and um, it's awesome. But you guys know I, I love Alkaline Trio. So since I'm, I'm going to hit the road again here, uh, coming up actually, uh, oh yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. We'll talk about that before getting the story hitting the road here. Uh, at the end of this week, I'll be gone. I'm going to Houston to play the shows that I was, I was talking about. I think we got another show in there somewhere, a lot of rehearsals. And then from there, I will go to, uh, Kentucky to the Corvette museum for the, um, vet city scare fest thing. Uh, I forgot, sorry, I forget what it was called right now, but it's on, it's on John Wayne's dead, uh, dot com and the shows page. I'm going to be running one of the panels there. So come out and check that out. It's going to be awesome. And then from there, I will go to New Jersey for cherry Hills, monster mania. And, uh, then I'll come home for a little bit and, uh, or actually just come home and go straight to playing, uh, some shows over here on the West coast, which I will have those exact dates and places nailed down for you, uh, very soon. So stay tuned. But lots of stuff happening, hitting the road. Um, before I hit the road, uh, you know, I was thinking of stories and, you know, hey, I haven't told like just a good old fashioned old school story on here in a while. So, uh, you know, I thought uh, now's a great time for it. You know, I was thinking and this just come, came into my head the other day. You know, what what shapes our tastes sometimes as a kid? And, and you know, there's all these things about not 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 I don't mean sexually weirdos, you know, uh, not like, oh, I saw my grandpa, my grandma's panties and now I can't get hard unless, you know, she's in the room or whatever. I don't know. You know, that's fine if that's your thing. But uh, no, I mean, like 
food-wise and, and uh, preferences for foods and, and different cuisine, uh, I guess. I, I don't know why that came into my head, but I was thinking that, and then I, I had like another boom, recovered memory uh, where I I um, I was thinking uh, where, you know, I – I do not like seafood, not like none at all, not even a little bit. No fish, no nothing. I don't want it. Uh, anything seafood related, I just don't have a taste for. I do not want it near me. And I was like, why is that? I, you know, but maybe, like, maybe I, you know, I can understand not liking some of it, but I have a real strong hatred for it. And I was thinking, like, maybe, oh, maybe this is what uh, happened. Uh, here. So, uh, you know, here's a story uh, that I think shaped my uh, uh, hatred of seafood, I guess. So I, you know, grew up or I was, I grew up in Houston, uh, but I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's where uh, most of any extended family I have is and um, is from. So we've got, you know, a lot of Italian in there, you know, some Polish, all that kind of stuff uh, in in my family uh, background, I, I believe. So, you know, being a, you know, an Italian background, you know, of course, my gram, uh, rest in power, shouts out, would make the most amazing sauce uh, or gravy that you could uh, have. Um, it was her recipe. It was amazing. And, and awesome. So, of course, you know, I had a lot of different kind of pasta dishes and, and sauce and stuff like that with with her. But this was not – I don't believe this was with her. Um, definitely was not at her house. You know, this was when I was young. I was got to be like, like five or something, maybe very shortly before I left to go move to Texas. Um, and uh, I was at like this family event, you know, and when you're – I try to. I do try to think about this now when I'm at any pl- and I'm not at a lot of definitely not at any kind of family get-togethers, um, but I you know some places including the Super Bowl party I was just at people there sometimes have kids now the kids weren't like necessarily in the mix they were like upstairs doing shit whatever grandma grandpa watching them uh, but the one kid would come down and bop around every once in a while and and it's. I try to think about like how weird that is sometimes when you're a kid and you're in these places where adults are, you know, doing their thing and you could give a shit less, like how you view them, you know, what you're thinking as it's going on. I kind of think about that sometimes. I'm like, what do this kid thinks? You know, these fucking weirdos around here. We're flipping cups and yelling and stuff. Like, what is he going to think about this? Like, what does he think about it now? What is he going to remember about this? I, I don't know. I think about that. Um, Sometimes, but this is like one of those parties, you know, it wasn't a Super Bowl party. I believe it was like a holiday around the holidays, I want to say. So something like that, you know, and we're at some, you know, place and, uh, you know, I don't know if it was like maybe somebody's house, possibly, possibly could have been like a, like, a, what do you call those? A, a room, you know, like a party room somewhere, like uh, the, the lodge or the, um, Rec center, so that's that's the word I was looking for. I don't know, I don't know, but a lot of relatives, um, you know, holiday events, a lot of food, and there was, uh, you know, people there, relatives, and, and you're young, you don't even know these people. They'd be like, "This is your cousin's uh, aunt's sister, so and so," and you're like, "Hey, I'm a kid, I don't care." So that's basically where I'm at at this point. I'm just like, I'm a kid, I don't care. I 
I guarantee you I did not want to be there, but I was well I was a well-behaved kid, I have to say. Mother, I know if you're listening, you can back this up for me. I was very well-behaved as a kid, as a child. I was listened to my mother and father most of the time. So, um, yeah, so I was good. It's, I, I guarantee I didn't want to be there, but I was not making, like, a deal of it. Um, but until some old lady, who was probably, like, a cousin, nephew, uncle, sister person is like come on eat some here you make your plate make your plate and uh she's like eat the spaghetti and i I was like i don't want spaghetti like i didn't want spaghetti right then she's like no no eat it eat it and uh, she's she's i remember just like she's scooping this kind of spaghetti like out of a crock pot type situation looking thing and it's it's red it's you know it's got red sauce and uh she gives it to me and uh, i you know sits me down somewhere and I take a fork and I, you know, dip it into the spaghetti and start trying to pick it up and take a bite. And what I put into my mouth, it's just one of those classic things where you're expecting, you know, you know, you've eaten <clears throat> Fruit Loops a thousand times. You know what a spoonful of Fruit Loops in your mouth is supposed to feel like and taste like. And you know, imagine you you, know, you put that thinking you're you're about to bite into a thing of Fruit Loops and it's like. Um, you know, pencil erasers or uh, egg yolk or something like that. It's a completely like not, it takes you off guard, right? Kind of sticks you out. So I bit down like I was going to eat noodles and it was this kind of thick rubbery thing. And I was like, what? And, it, and then this taste filled my mouth and I was like, oh, and I remember rubbing like my, I could feel it against my tongue, like the little like nubbins or some like some kind of texture and I pulled it out of my mouth and it was like these squid you know arms squid legs and I freaked out freaked out like scream as like this is just gotta get it away and I just remember this woman laughing at me like it was so (laughs) which I guess I could see like me to you know flip the role like but first of all I'm not trying to feed kids weird food. I don't give a fuck about that. But like, I could see you laughing at something, but she was just thought it was the funniest thing. And it just disgusted me so much. And they're like, no, it's good. It's try it. It's good. It's good for you. And I was like, no, it was so gross. I can still like, again, I don't know how the human brain works a lot of times, or if we really truly retain like, what makes these impressions or what makes them so visceral and and strong in our minds. But I swear to you, I can still feel like what that is like to bite into that and what those suction cups against like the inside of my mouth and tongue, like the little, just how, how it felt. And it sicked me out so hard. Like I was, and I was not only like crying and upset because I was like grossed out and, and like taken aback or whatever, but I was like, pissed off that this lady like tricked me she was like i was like i can't believe this woman just was like no you'll eat it like it she gave it to me like tricked me with this you didn't tell me that this was squid just like no and i was like i don't want it you know i was incensed i think uh, about this and and just just as a as a young child stewed on it i believe for for quite some time i might have had a list with this lady's name on it like uh that got wiped from my memory or something I, i don't know but I, you know, I don't know if that's what it was because, and like, I know like this is 
it's called like what is this called linguini sometimes right um sometimes i see it called just like spaghetti with calamari and this you know maybe it would be different i thought i was thinking you know hey benefit of the doubt you know what maybe what if it it would have been different if she would have told me first what it was and explained it and cut it up and you know i had a little piece and tried it what the, it, the way it was framed or and presented to me could have completely changed the way that I ex- accepted that, you know. But I think because it was such a like a unexpected and unpleasantly unexpected, you know, so so unpleasant because of the unexpectedness and all that. But then again, and I also think like, well, what if it was like fried calamari? You know, like fried seems to make everything better. If it was a fried thing, I wonder how much I would have even noticed then. You know, probably a little bit, but. You know, you're a kid. You eat chicken nuggets and fucking fish or chicken sticks and anything fried. Like, you'll eat that shit. So I wonder if it would have been different then, too. But um, but I don't know. I guess we'll never know because I do not like uh, I do not like fried calamari. Um, anyway, now, like I said, nothing. No fish. No shellfish. No, not even crawfish. Nothing. Um, you know, oysters, clams. Not a goddamn thing. I don't want it. Sam, I am. I just don't. Um, yeah, so I've just never, and that was one of the probably the first, you know, memories I have of like actually eating something like that or being introduced to to f- seafood in some way. But man, like it, 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 it would have been different. I wonder if I'd have been like, oh, this is the best thing I ever tasted. And then I'm just like living out on a fishing troller right now, like smash cut to some alternate reality. I'm just like a big fisherman. Um, you know, I'm like, you know, uh, John Wayne P. Squidman, you know, the big squid farmer of the West. That's fun to pretend, but I'm glad it didn't go that way. So, yeah, so that, anyway, uh, that was, you know, that was it. I didn't, uh, I'm pretty sure that lady died shortly after that, and I hope she rots in hell, because that was really bad, and she deserved it. Um, She did deserve it, and uh, I definitely, um, definitely don't like seafood, and I never will. All right, there you go. Hey, tomato, tomato, uh, sea fish, anato for me. Uh, thanks everyone for joining me this week. I very, very much appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead, or go to John Wayne is dead.com and hit the Patreon link. I'm about to hit the road for uh, several weeks and the traveling's going to get, uh, you know, more, uh, just uh, ramping up more. So any support helps. Uh, I appreciate it so, so much. You can go to johnwayneisdead.com also to check out all the dates I have coming up, the shows. Of course, you can get my books from the shop there as well as um, the record and the new tape will be, uh, that would be one of the places you can get it from um, when it becomes available uh, on the 20s, after the 22nd of uh, February. So uh, check that out and uh, I appreciate you all so much. Don't forget to follow me at johnwayneisdead on my Instagram and TikTok. Um, I'm just go to John Wayne Camionale, my name, on Facebook. And uh, thanks so much. I will be talking to you guys from the road for the next few weeks. So let's get it. (laughs) 